powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Red Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Drew Estate Studios in California. It's episode 218 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, we welcome Jonas Santana of Blackbird Cigars as our special guest. And as always, the Primetime Show is sponsored by Saga Cigars. De Los Reyes Cigars introduces another chapter of the saga, the Saga Celez. So as a Spanish word that means leisure after work in the spirit of the standing ideal of owning your own journey and making your own saga. Saga Sled is the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. Saga Sled carries a blend of Cuyoyo Olor and Proto Cubano wrapped in a selected Ecuador shade Claro wrapper that generously delivers with elegance a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available in three sizes and affordable price. Ask your retailer for Saga Sled. And by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand is consistently earning the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobaccos have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigar is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double Aged 12-Year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, the Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Promo Albano Bourbon Barrel Age, Promo La 23, Promo Memento 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And by Aganorsa Leaf. Great Leaf makes great cigars. Aganorsa Leaf stands out because of the distinctive flavor of our Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 seeds cultivated by Cuban agronomists on the best lands in Jalapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. When you smoke one of our JFR, JFR Lunatic Guardian of Farm, or Casa Fernandez cigars, you will experience unique taste and aroma that makes Aganorsa Leaf special. Smoke one today and enjoy the signature flavor of Aganorsa Leaf. And finally, we want to mention Drew Estate. Drew Estate's about to make someone a whole lot richer. During a series of Facebook Live shows, the company announced that it will hold a Bitcoin sweepstakes with numerous incredible prizes through a series of freestyle live events, including a grand prize of one filled Bitcoin for a lucky fan that will be announced on the February 17, 2022 edition of Freestyle Live. Entry into the unheralded Drew Estate Bitcoin sweepstakes is simple. During three of the company's freestyle live events, the company selected the names of five people who attended the online show and commented during specific times in each broadcast. They were named potential winners, and they also received an assortment of fantastic prizes, as well as to be eligible for a final contestant pool of 15 people eligible to win the grand prize Bitcoin. You can find more about the big February 17th event at www.drewestate.com or visit their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Drew Estate. And as always, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of shows, as well as uh, the California Studios is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome everybody. This is Primetime episode 218. Today is the first Thursday of February, February 3rd, 2022. I want to remind all the Patriot fans out there, it's 14 years since we beat you guys in the Super Bowl. So I just wanted that out there in case you guys forgot. 
but so it's a big, big historic day. But more importantly, Aaron and I are back after a week off last week where Aaron was out of TPA. Aaron, how's it going today? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. Um, it's, I'll tell you what, it's like in Charlotte, it's like, it's gotta be about 65 degrees here. It looks like, um, but I'm sensing something's going on because there's wind swirling as I, as I look outside right now. So, mm-hmm. um, because I know the country's getting like hammered by snow and, and like not far, like, I, I think just, I think Texas got hit actually. So yeah, they were bracing for another once in every hundred year storm, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Uh, didn't they, but didn't they have one last year? <laughs> exactly yeah, so the once in a hundred yes two in a row every hundred years i guess right, is the way it right, works right. now yeah but uh no appreciate i know we talked actually last week uh friday after tp thanks for doing that sounds like you yeah. guys had a good time we did i got to meet our guest tonight yeah so that was cool yeah um and um no so that's good but, but uh everyone got home safe i i haven't seen anyone get sick which is good mm-hmm. uh that's the best news i can hear coming out of that so yep. uh so it's you know it's pretty exciting and um yeah, Aaron, why don't we get into it and introduce our guest? Because, um, and I'll kind of tell, I'll tell the guest a little story because we have one guy on our team who's like in love with his cigars. Um, yep. He's not here tonight, but that's Dave. But uh, without a doubt, let's welcome in, making his primetime debut. It's Jonas Santana. He's the owner of Blackbird Cigars. Jonas, welcome to primetime. Thank you so much for the invite and your time, my man. No, we appreciate thank it. You so uh, much. No, thank you. Jonas has had Aaron. He's like one of the most prepared guys for the show in terms of logistics, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, sometimes we go through some hell with the logistics. So he had, he, he was asking me along the way, every step of the way. Um, and I, and it's so appreciative. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I really want to know why you think I'm very prepared, but the things are just, just, it's just a common thing to do. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I really need to do everything right. And also yep. I want to say, uh, you guys, amazing that you have, that you have already over 200 episodes. I don't know if you have more than that, but that's amazing though. Oh, thank you very much. It's thank you. Um, we have another show. Uh, I host it with a guy named Dave Burke on, and it's called uh, Primetime Jukebox. So it's a music and cigar show. Um, Dave is absolutely, and Dave's in love with your cigars, but here's the catch. Dave is in Australia and he's been wow. finding ways to get the cigars. And, and he's smoked those cigars several times as, as have I on that show. Um, and I just, I know he's, gonna be watching the replay of this mm-hmm. um and he's a big fan of yours so i know he, i know he'd want to say hello if he was here so like how many episodes in total have you done we did 60 we've done 63 episodes of that music show that's great that's yeah. great yeah so it's music it's, kind of, it. it's like music and cigars we do it like twice twice a month that show um and uh you know uh but it's fun like when dave falls in love with a cigar uh it's a it's like a beautiful thing to see and he is really kind of like um you know taking your cigars so um good yeah but he uh i have something he hasn't smoked yet the macaw so <laughs> 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 I, I said i haven't said them any of those but uh, so i'm excited i have i'm gonna smoke this again tonight this was a good cigar but no thank you so much for yeah again thank you for making the time um we know it's actually a little later over in the dominican republic so it's, it's very much appreciated i just want you to know that oh man we gotta do what we gotta do at the end of the day we are we are nobody without customers and without people like you i always say people like you like you guys put the like keep the brands alive because you're talking about the brands yeah so honestly we need to say thank you to you guys no, we appreciate it too. And, and, and on our end, there's so many brands and, and there's people we haven't gotten to. 
Um, and we, mm-hmm. we're grateful we got into you tonight for sure. And I know, like I said, you and Aaron already met at the show. So mm-hmm. that, that was a, that, I guess that was good, right, Aaron? <laughs> yeah. If you want to talk about someone who's ultra polite, uh, Jonas, I don't think he wanted <laughs> to talk to me at all, but he, <laughs> he was, uh, I'm just saying because of, I think he had a rough night the night before, but uh, <laughs> he was super nice to me, even though he probably didn't want to talk to anybody at that moment, but he was super nice. He gave John and I some time, very polite. Oh. It, was, it was a great time. Great introduction. <laughs> so I, th- I thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, I think you you were standing with uh, somebody else, another gentleman. And yeah, last night was, was rough over there, but I always... You know, I, I'm always doing something, and then they told me, hey, there's some people waiting for you. Okay, so I, I, I kept asking the question that I, because I like to go subject by subject, right. because when you talk every single subject at the same time, something gets forget. And that's it, but nothing nothing personal, nothing like, but like humidity was 15%. Yeah. So yeah. I had I ha sore throat just for that. Yeah. You know, I'm used to Dominican weather, and now that I live in Miami, Miami weather, like, in Miami, it's between 65 and 71% humidity. Mm-hmm. So, man, can you believe I didn't smoke one single cigar during the show? I couldn't. Yep. Like, yep. I, I, couldn't I, I couldn't really uh, appreciate any of the smoke. But <laughs> it's actually very funny that you mentioned that. because I really like people when they are honest. I love that. Keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep doing it. Keep doing it. <laughs> no, it's uh, and I look, we're at like in North Carolina, it's very dry in the winter. here. It's like 30 percent humidity. And my throat mm. is so, my throat is sore and I'm coughing. Reminded so me. what happens when you cough? Everyone thinks you got COVID. Right. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. So, yeah, that that's no fun is what I can say. But, yeah, my throat has definitely been sore uh, the last few weeks. It's just so it's, it's like been drier here than normal in the winter. So. Um, see, normally people don't want to speak to Aaron. Yeah, man, you need to. Yeah, <laughs> they don't want to speak to Aaron Quite because so. of his reviews. So, that's fine. No, it's it's good. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but I'm glad you had a good time out in Vegas, and now you're you're already back in the Dominican Republic. Uh, do you split your time between the Dominican Republic and Miami? Well. Bleh. I, it's supposed to be probably one month yes, one month no that I come here. Right. Because at the, uh, I have my brother here and my master blender also here, which they are both my partners. Well, so they do, the master blender, of course, make the cigars and make sure the production is right. My brother works out with the, let's say, the logistic or the structure of the company, how's the financial going, things like that. And um. Let's say the face of the company. I'm always in a plane. I believe I can be a pilot. If they deny it to me the license to be a pilot, I'm, I'm going to shoot somebody, I think. Because I have too many You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, I, <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer being there, but it's good to come. For example, I came February 1st, and I have done too many things that, that I was supposed I was like, I was supposed to come here in December, but I didn't do it. Like I was checking on tobacco. I can tell you right now that, that we have a, a facility that we're going to move now. And it's a big step for us and something not very common in the industry. Like how, how, how possible is to, for a company that have only three years moving from almost 2,000 square feet to 
facilities that is 30,000 square feet right now that I have. In the free zone of Camarillo, it's a big commitment. So I need to be everywhere right now. Sure. Right now, because at the end of the day, I need to feed this little monster now. You know what I mean? No, I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, we always like, uh, Jonas, to start the story off, um, and we're going to get into your whole journey, um, is what, if you could recall, what was your first experience like smoking a premium cigar? Actually, it was a very bad experience. Like Most of the time it is. It was a friend of The thing is, a friend of mine, he tried to make fun of me. Like, I didn't know nothing about cigars. And he gave me full, full body cigar. And I didn't know nothing. And he, and he told me, oh, man, this is very light. It's actually like a cigarette. Don't worry, man. Man, he really, he really played me out. Because I was sweating cold. And I couldn't even go to work in the afternoon after lunch, man, honestly. That was, I was it was horrible, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't really want to feel that again. What can I tell you? No. Do you remember what the cigar was? I know it was some Maduro, but honestly, I kind of pass out. Like, <laughs> I cannot even tell you. That was 11 years ago. 11 years ago, and I don't know. I just don't want to feel that again. And actually, it happened to me a second time with, with another rapper because this, uh, many people think that a full-body cigar must be like, you know, having a dark wrapper. Actually, the only way you really have a full-body cigar is, the responsible for that is the filler. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's the filler. So he actually joked around with me the same, like, two with a light wrapper. And it was just cigars that, that he was making for somebody else because he had a factory. And that's the way, actually, I got in in the industry. Because I started working with his brands and doing the marketing and graphic designing back then. And that's how I actually I really started smoking cigars. And after that, what I, after I had all, all of those experiences that I didn't like, I started going to the Galera. Uh, you know what? I got me, put me here. Like, oh, what's 10 years? I don't know. So I always say that when you work for somebody, like if you really pay attention, it's a college that pays you. So it's not that you need to be a competitor of anyone or whoever show you the, the game, but you can actually give information to the same guy that brings you to the game to make something better, give better opinions. And at the end of the day, everybody is trying to uh, grow every single day. And you can come up with projects like, hey, this is what I got. And sometimes they don't have the same vision of you, and that's totally okay. And that's why, actually, when you start doing something else. So to go back again, I started going to the Galera and made this uh, Master Blender. And I told the guy, man, um, I really need to learn cigars. I'm right here in the Dominican Republic. I only have visa. I cannot live in the USA, but... I like this stuff thing. So I don't know when I'm going to start traveling. And he told me, all right. He asked me, you sure you really want to learn cigars? And I'm like, yes. I actually hate that my father smokes cigarettes, but this, this is different. My great-grandmother smokes cigars 
since the age of 15 years, and she died at the age of 108. Wow. So, oh, it seems that it's, back then I said, it looks like it's a very big difference between cigars and cigars. <laughs> back then I didn't have, you know, any knowledge like I, like I have now. Yeah. So, um, you say, you know what? Uh, one time you come to the factory, office time was 8 a.m. The Galera time is 6 a.m., sometimes 5 a.m. And he told me, all right, so if you start at 8 a.m., you need to come here at least one hour before your work shift. And then if you show me that, I'm going to teach you. I'm like, all right, I'm going to show you that I really want to learn about this. So next day, 7 a.m., he was waiting for me already with a lot of puro cigars. I got, he called it Galilla. You're going to have a Galilla of Habano, a Galilla of Criollo, things like that. So then he, he sat me down next to a guy that was doing, uh, putting the binder and filler together so I can put the wrapper on. And he was, every single day, giving me one stick or two stick of, of one particular leaf while I was learning to roll 10 cigars a day. That's how I actually really started. After my after I was done with that, I went to I go to the office, 8 a.m. I was doing it for a year and a half. Year and a half later, he left. That's actually when I started to travel into the U.S. So every time I start traveling to the U.S. for work, always I bring sales for the company, and they were asking me like, "How you do it if you don't really don't know don't know too much about cigars?" I'm like, "I'm a marketing guy, and I also." Learn sales. I think I can do something. If you don't know, if you don't know something about a product, just don't go too deep, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you go too deep, there's gonna be a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's actually how everything started. Me evolving in the in the USA marketing and learning how everything and retailers do their work and select their cigars for the humans and things. Were you, I can keep going actually, no, but no, I want to know your questions before that. No, this is good. Um, were you when you started learning the process? Had you already decided you wanted to get into the cigar business? But then I say, you know what? This is this is what I need to do. Like your the experience that you have, the last five years is going to be about whatever you did more than what you whatever you learn in the college. Because even when you learn something in college, it's already it's already yep. not updated. So five years later, if you don't do that, the same thing, you're not updated anymore. So everything that you're going to do, the, your experience is going to be based on whatever you did the, sure. the last five years. So I did marketing and things like that, but I learned more about cigars because it's not the same. Like you can even see when somebody don't know cigars, even the way they grab the cigar, the way they leave the cigar. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they want to show you that they, they know about it, but they don't know about it. Mm -hmm. But that's that's all. Like the thing is, I really wanted to live in the USA, especially Miami. And I got the opportunity to start traveling while I was working. So I was I was uh, meeting people, knowing new places, and I like it. So it was fun for me while I was learning, while I was bringing sales, and it, it was a win for in, in, in every way you see it. Right. It wasn't way for me. That that's very interesting. But there was a point where you said, All right, I'm gonna launch my brand, right? Um, so let's kind of talk a little about that. Um 
first up, um, I guess the one question I'll ask right away, how did the Blackbird name come up? And because that obviously is the whole uh, foundation of your of your brand right now. Well, that's actually, let's say, the second part of the story. <laughs> actually, yeah. you, I can begin there if you want. Yeah, I prefer yeah, yeah. to begin before. Okay, go, no, go yeah. before then. I don't, I don't want to jump so, ahead. I want to hear the story. Yeah, I think our audience Yeah, so, so the thing is, uh, there was a warehouse position in the USA from the same company because somebody was leaving the company in USA. So they say, you know what, Jonas, you always wanted to live in USA. Do you want to move? Yes. Well, you're going to be the one receiving containers. You're going to be the one selling. You're going to be the one doing invoicing, charging, lifting boxes, doing inventory, paying sales rep if you need to. And you need to be the, you're going to be, how, how they call it? You're going to be the um, business utility, let's say. You know what I mean? Right. You're going to do everything yeah. in that position. So I said, you know what? <laughs> Everybody needs to start from this, from zero, from the ground. So I moved over there, honestly, just with the visa. So I was ever able to be in the USA for, let's say, one day before the six months. So I don't have a problem with my visa. So I was flying over there for six months, then coming back one month, then flying again over there. So I was doing everything that I told you. And also I was doing the events and flying. It was very crazy. So let's say I had a mission. I'm not going to say I did everything 100% correct, but I had a mission to maintain the company over there alive. Um, after that, we had a, let's say, a, I told them, you know what? I think this company needs something more fresh. I've been to around 500 retailers in three years. And honestly, if you have a new brand, you can have 50 years making cigars, but it's not the same to grow tobacco than produce cigars, than having a brand, than own than owning a retail shop. It's not it's very different related to the same industry. So as a new brand, you cannot go over there and compete with Fuente directly. Like you cannot have this type of image. And that's just an example. The only way you can really penetrate the market is by being different because the cigars is not a need. People choose, choose to smoke cigars. And I told them, hey, I have something that can go with the crow. I think I didn't have the, the name of the company. Let's go with a bird, something crow, maybe raven. Because, you know, the symbol of USA is actually the eagle, but we're not Americans, but we want to conquer there. I was brainstorming over there. So... The, the the friend back then, he was less mature than now. So now it's actually totally fine. He said, no, that he was not interested. So a year after, we had a little argument, and I decided to quit. That's, that was four years ago. So I called my brother. Bro, I'm in Vegas. I visit VR. I'm not even allowed to go to the show. So I will need to take it from somebody else. Um. I think it's the right moment because I don't know anything else right now that's cigars. He's always trying to get into once you come back in my gonna look for for words. Just as that we and then I call, remember the master blender that teach me eleven years ago? I call him. What are you doing? Oh man, I'm having a bad time. Well, actually. This is the right time because we're gonna 
work together. What? For real? That's the master blender from 11 wow. years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he was having a bad moment. But I was, I, I was leading a master blender. He was leading a sales guy. And we were, we, we, we would lead a, a very good administra- administrator guy, which is my brother. So then we sit down, me and my brother and the graphic designer. And we would start brainstorming with the ego again. So the strongest bird is the ego. Which one is the smartest bird? It's actually the crow. So you know that you have many years in the industry. There's a lot of Don, Don Pedro cigars, Don Juan cigars, things like that, which is fine. But I don't think, I think that already had, had the moment and they already conquered something years ago. So the only way to really penetrate the market is by being very different. People is getting very lazy to read. People is using a lot of social media, so we need big names. Um, we need to use bright colors because every sometimes you step in in a humidor and it's very dark, or everything is just wooden made dark brown. The only way we can stand out is by having bright colors. So, crow is one syllable. Then we got the raven back then. That now is some kind that I'm going to tell that uh, in a few. Ravens, so only two syllables. Then we got we got to uh, search more crow-related birds. Jagdo is the European crow. The rook is another crow. And as you can see, even the jagdo is the longest name. And it's still two syllables, as you can see right here yep. uh, in the camera. So that's how everything started. But we launched the crow and the raven first. But when we realized that we had 80% dark feather color birds, we said, you know what? We another two-syllable name, which is going to be the company name. It actually is Blackbird. It's just everything was by key points, very marketing strategic, just to make the brand. Why is that? I cannot say my great-grandfather was making cigars because if I say one day, it doesn't matter how good you have your life, one day it's going to be out. So we don't want that. So we believe that nowadays short names be colorful and you also need to have like a little personal touch in a brand. That's why we choose the slogan, can't clean my wings because it's related to bird. And I can tell you, like, if you don't feel good, like, bro, don't let nobody clip your wings, man, and keep going. Keep trying to do everything you're trying to do. So that's how everything really started. Then after we got all the whole project, we were thinking in key points. Like, okay, what are the three most common questions in our shop from a guy that is looking for a cigar? What's the strength? What's the wrapper? And what's the size? So that's why every single top lid of my box has a strength bar. Mm-hmm. That's I always put the wrapper below the name. And also something else is like I have seen people struggling to take off the band of a cigar. So that's why we put the bird right here and say, you know what? As soon as you're ready to take off the band, just pull up the bird. So that bird that is in the band, it has less glue than the entire band. Just to make it easy for it. I got to say, well, I, of every cigar I've had of yours, yes, it, they've been the easiest bands to pull off. And they don't fall <laughs> off either. So I got to give you credit on that. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So because just to make it easier to the guys and also because we know we have big names. We know uh, but in big bands. But 
comments. When you see a chair of those guys in Instagram, you don't need to zoom in to read it. And that was on purpose as well. So it's easy to read, to read from far. And you know that USA, probably the whole the rest of the world, but my focus was USA. People get caught by the eye. It doesn't matter the product. People get caught by the eye. They stay, they they come back by the experience of whatever product they are using. And they stay, I always say, by the vibe or the crew that is also smoking the same thing. Um, let's say, as you say, you, you were doing the action thing. Some people even support you. Let's say you just are a sales rep and they support you just because they like you. And even, you know what I mean? And and something else that we understand is that the you take the word support very, very seriously. And when you are supporting somebody, yeah, you're really supporting the guy. And that's something that we got to understand that we always say, you know what, our customers, we're not going to treat as customers. We're going to treat this as partners. That's why we always call people like, what do you think? How the, when you got the package from UPS, how was it? Anything do you need, do you think that we need to improve? Because at the end of the day, if you can support me one time, but if that, if that brand that you have on yourself, it doesn't help you at least in 5% to pay your rent, you don't want to support me anymore because at the end of the day, this is business. Even you can like me as much as you want, but you, I need to make a product that has to be easy to move. And I know that it would take me years to be a drone, but I'm trying just to go in the right path to, to really be a, a brand, to have a brand that it, you don't need to push it as much as you need to, let's say nowadays. It makes a lot of sense. Um, when you started, right, um, you kind of came out of the gate right away and you didn't go to someone else to make, I mean, you, you brought in your master blender that you knew, but, mm -hmm. you, but you didn't go somewhere else. I mean, you essentially started the factory right up front. Was that kind of the plan all along because you wanted to get connect with your, your guy again? No, actually, when I called the guy, uh, I, I was not really knowing that he had the he had the small factory already oh, but so he, so when he, had, I, he already had something going he has a small factory which is the one that we, we're working now before we move so i can tell you this stuff the first guy he introduced my brother because i was still illegal in the country when i was when we started was my was my friend uh, that I can call now friend Hochi Blanco, the guy from La Galera. He okay. he was the first guy that opened the doors for us to sell tobacco to us so we could produce cigars. So yeah, that's something that was like a bless. Like hey, we need we like we already figured out the team. Even the graphic designer already left the he was he left the job one week before one week before. I quit my job and I already called, Hey, I need this, this and that. So everything was working together. And after that, so we smoke, we start selling cigars. I just, I say, you know what? I cannot be in Dominican Republic. I just need to travel. So I was taking a plane one week. Yes. One week. No. Every single, every month, one week. Yes. One week. No. Just to, to knock doors, start selling cigars. Plus social media. I was doing social media different than a couple of people. So people start following me a lot. Then when the people start 
smoking the cigars. I can tell you, like right now, we were blessed. Like every people, every single person was smoking the cigars, was telling others to smoke the cigars. So it was a word of mouth that actually made our first stage amazing. People telling others. And the picture sharing to, to all the guys. You know, well, what are, I'm seeing a lot of colorful bands. What's that? Oh, that's the guy, Blackbird. Oh, that's the crow. And that's actually, I have the crow over there, which is still my, my number one selling. It's because also it's the red. It, like your eyes go out, right? Like I see your screen right now and I see red. It's very eye-catching. Sure. So that's something that really helps to attract people, that color. So I can really say that, like, we were made because of people shit, telling others to smoke the cigars. So I was getting a lot. Let me tell you, I was getting a lot of purchase orders through Instagram, not even email. Wow. I can even tell you, that, like, like, the first two years, Honestly, I can tell you that the 80% of the growth of the company was Instagram. I can wow. tell you right now. Wow. That's something not common. Right. It isn't. I remember when I saw your cigars for the first time, I was in a Caribbean cigar in Miami. And I just went over to the shelf there. And mm -hmm. definitely you had like the, the colors and the bands. They just, they just, took over the humidor. I mean, it, it was just, mm -hmm. you can't miss it when, when you saw it. But here's the one question I got to ask you. Did anyone kind of say, hey, these look like the Camacho bands to you? Did you get a little of that or no? People told me that. Not many. Yeah. But I say, uh, well, honestly, did you check the fonts? The fonts of the of, the, well, oh, of every yeah. single letter. Yeah. Very it's different. very different. Yeah. Uh, the Pantone of each color is very different. But let me tell what can I tell you? Like, yeah. they can say that, but how many cigars really look alike? Like, from the box, brown, regular yeah. box, the same shape band, which is circle in the center, then, yep, then, yep. And how many bands has coins, coins and ribbons in the, in the bands? You know what right. I mean? Yep. Like, honestly, yep. If, if they can say, Anything they want. I, I really right. I really try to do something different. And colors, you just pick colors. And that's actually, we didn't do anything just because of the ratchet, because I can tell you why the crow is red. The crow is red because red eyes and black feathers, the crow. Yeah. The unkind, the unkind, which used to be the raven, but I forgot to tell you why it's unkind. It's because when the sunlight hits the feather of the raven turns purple. And the rook is blue because of the same reaction. The jack, though, actually, we did it because it matches with the Connecticut. Mm -hmm. The cuckoo is gray because you, if you see the bird, it's black and gray all over the bird. And the finch is light blue with uh, kind of orange details. It was not because of the match. It was matching in one way. And the other way my, my master blender see the brand is throughout the day, the, the, the sun movement of the day. Like, if you organize by strength from left to right, where the left is the mildest and the right is the strongest, because I actually, we did like, you know what, if a guy is going to smoke the whole day, we're going to give them the only pack, which is going to be the six pack. Right. And you have right there, breakfast, snack, lunch, the snack, and dinner, always you do more than one cigar. 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So everything was really well thought. And everything is created. I always say everything is created in the world, even though we're still making new stuff. But within an industry, how much you need to do to really be very, very different. Like you're going to have some, every cigar is going to have a band. Every cigar is going to have a tobacco. You know what I mean? Yep. It's going to be very hard to really, like, like we did something that nobody will, nobody thought in a hundred years. Right. That's a little, that's a little it, it, it is. hard. And, and here's what I'll say. When I saw the cigars on the shelf, I knew they weren't Camachos, right? Uh, and there were a lot of reasons. First of all, Camachos, they typically have their own display unit. But mm-hmm. it, it was second of all, the fonts, like Aaron said, the fonts were very different. I knew it was something very, but it stood out. I mean, these stood out. And, and this is a store that's more of a boutique type of store. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, imp- I think that's important for a small brand uh, because there's a lot of great small makers out there. And you, you are trying to, to stand out. And, and there's no doubt you go in there. Those cigars stand out. They're beautiful looking. The bands are, are, are eye-catching and uh you know, and the cigars, obviously the cigars deliver, which is probably the most important thing, too. Yeah, and actually, let me tell you something else that just got to my mind right now. When the people compare some brand with another one, how many times have you heard from somebody smoking a cigar? This reminds me to so-and-so brand. Mm-hmm. They are the ones comparing. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> well, and Aaron and I have that conversation, I would say, with a couple of others on a weekly basis. If, you know, or we, we do have that conversation quite a bit. Hey, this, you know what? This kind of tastes like this. It's, or it's not really standing out. Exactly. Uh, and I know when, like I said, when Dave and I started smoking the cigars, that was the one thing we said. These are very unique cigars that are coming from, from you guys. And it really caught our attention uh, because, like I said, the cigars were delivering. And, you know, obviously, I think and we'll go through some of the things. I think there's also something for everybody in your line, which is, I think, a very good thing to do. Yeah. First, I can tell you, like, if you're making cigars in the Dominican Republic, it's going to be very hard that your cigar is going to be 100% unique. Because let's say you, if you have lines, lines of cigars, and you make cigars in the Dominican Republic, at least one of them is going to use Criollo, just to start, Criollo 98. Just to, to give you an example. Like, if you want a Maduro, you know one of them is going to have San Andres, probably. In 90% accurate, I can tell you. But what I tell my master blender is, man, there's a lot of good Dominican cigars. But I can tell you something right now. Even though probably we have more years than Nicaragua making cigars, probably. We The Nicaragua cigars are really taking over. And our first competitor is Nicaragua. And we, if we make cigars in the Dominican Republic, we, man, you need to do anything possible to... So have a taste in the cigar that is not in a common Dominican cigar. Like, the, like we need the people to really have a different experience than the, than the real Dominican cigars. And it was like, man, that's a little different. Like if you want to do that, we will need to have at least four types of seeds of tobacco in each cigar. Yep. So I'm like, do you think we can make it happen? He said, we can make it happen, but it's going to be a mission. Because sometimes it, as we are small, like that was, I'm talking three years ago, as we are small, well, I don't think we can buy 100,000 pounds of tobacco. I'm like, you're absolutely right. But the only way to find out if we're not going to make it happen is by starting. So see you in a month. Give me the samples. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Right. That's the only way at the end of the day. Not, not, nothing is easy. Like, come on. 
that's that's it. That's the beauty of the game because nothing is easy. No, I get that. I get that too. And and I did notice, like I said, that was you, you kind of just touched on four tobaccos. And I noticed for the most part, most of your blends are like have four or more types of tobaccos in it. Uh, when when I look through it, so I mean, I think uh, that that's something. Obviously, you know, you said that, and that, that was something I had looked at before going into the show. So, um, and you're right. There's just there's only so many tobaccos out there. So, yeah, yeah, I, I totally get that as well. Things that you can do is the, the positioning of the leaves. For example, yeah. uh, a little trick that my 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 master brother doesn't doesn't like me to say is <laughs> sometimes you know you put the leaf. Let, let's just say everybody's putting the leaf this way. Like the, let's say the head is in the back and the feet is in the front. And he said, you know what? One of leaf, one of those leaves, I'm gonna do the opposite. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it backwards in the cigar. And I should smoke different. Just by that little, yeah. yeah, placement, it makes difference. So if you need to play with, like, if you're going to make cigars just because you want to make cigars, or just because you want to see money in your pocket, so you're not really looking, you're not really trying to be better than everybody. And trying to be better than anyone is not because you have the last Coca-Cola in Earth. That's just the competition. And I, I think competition is amazing. When you always, when you're, you, doing it in the positive way uh, you need to try you need to try harder so that's actually something that help us trying to have a blend unique coming from the dominican republic and we were knowing that we didn't have space even to do pilons of tobacco we were actually feeling confident let's say with hochi blanco selling tobacco to us so one day we can have the space so we can for men, our own tobacco and do things like that. But I'm, uh, me and my brother, we're not in a rush. Like, we believe we're gonna have at least more, 50 more years of life. So <laughs> Good we just you. wanna make it right. <laughs> Good for you. I, I mean, you mentioned your master blender a few times. Does he, does he have a name that you, you could share or something just so folks may know who, maybe wanna know who he yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the master blender is Papo El Caballo. The, the reason why I mentioned Papo El Caballo and Sometimes, and if I need to mention anybody of the team, is you can never say I did in right. a project yeah. that you need team effort. Yeah. I like the word we instead of I. Mm -hmm. I've noticed you I don't that throughout. Yes, I've noticed that throughout the whole talk here tonight. Yeah. Uh, something I can tell you, I am the image of the company. Yes. But um, but there's a lot of people behind me. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to say behind me because they are behind me. It's because they are the ones sustaining and helping me to really keep pushing. So we have a graphic designer that did an amazing job. The graph, let me tell you, all of those colorful boxes and designs was made by a colorblind designer. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Yeah. You know, like that's fantastic. Like we have a story of every single stuff. My brother used to sleep in living rooms for four years before now he's doing something amazing and he's doing businesses. Me, I was illegal. My, uh, my master blender was trained by Eladio Diaz, which is, used to be the master blender of Davide. Sure. You know, so there's a lot of people involved that really made this happen. So that's why I don't like to use the word I. Sure. I can say I is something that I really did, but not in everything that I. I have, I'm good in sales and marketing and having the little 
of jokiness, if that's the right word, in Instagram and talking with the guys because that's what I like. I like to meet with people. I like to talk with them. And I like to listen. That's something that I can tell you how I learned the industry. There's a lot of guys older than me. It's something that the older guys do that I appreciate. You guys give a lot of advice to the young generation so we don't make the same mistakes. And it's free advice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. That's a, that's always a good way to kind of learn. I love that. From that experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When when you brought the, when you launched the company, um, how many blends did you initially bring to market? First was two, two, two blends, three each blend. Okay, what what and what were the two blends that you brought? Was the crow and the raven. Okay. Four months after we got a call from somebody that is now my friend and support the brand. And he said he had the, the Raven name taken. Then I had a call from the lawyer. Oh, no hard feelings with the lawyer anymore. And the guy was unkind with me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I was wondering, okay, I was going to ask, what, <laughs> is there a bird called an unkind? I, <laughs> You're not far from that too. <laughs> we think in everyone, but the guy was unkind. The thing is, was the thing is, I had the call. I honestly, man, imagine a lot of investment and came from, uh, from our pocket and we, we were like, Ooh, zero. I was illegal. I started the company. I couldn't even pay the rent. And then I had to call, even that I, I was selling, but I can really keep, really keep up. And then I had the conversation. I called my brother. I was like, what am I going to do that? Come on. Then my, my graphic designer came down to the office. In, in, the, in the warehouse in Miami. And he said, what happened, man? I don't know what I'm going to do. The guy was like, not kind with me. He said, you want some kind? Yeah, brother. Let me see what unkind also means. And when he was searching everything, unkind also is a short way to say unkindness. And unkindness means flock of ravens. I can, okay, I see that with the raven kind of being that type of bird. Okay, it, it kind of all fits, yeah. So I learned, I learned how to fix, I need to write a book maybe, how to fix last minute problems. There you go. <laughs> there you go, that's a good story. Take, take something from, from, from a, let's say, a little frustrating situation, and that would be the story. Something that I find out over there, actually right there, is that American people love stories. If you see it statistically, sorry my language, the most sold movies are hero movies, and that's the story. Wow. You don't, need, you don't need to be fake, but you need to tell the story in order to, to have the, your, your crowd or your fans listening to you and supporting you and feel identified with you. Because you know how many people have texted me just because of the slogan, can't clean my wings, that they told me, man, every time I see that slogan and I see my paycheck and I cannot pay the rent, man, you actually give me motivation so I can keep growing. So you need to touch that little heart also so people can follow you. Remember, people always people follow people at the end of the day. Sure, I, I get and, that. And that's actually part of, everything of the Blackbird movement is the marketing, the personal touch, and people telling others that's 
that's how everything really came together. No, I, I get that as well. And the um, the rappers you picked for those first two, um, a San Andreas and a Kubra rapper. Um, what was I mean? I was I'm always intrigued by what you de- why you decide to go with certain ra- like a company decides to go with certain rappers first. What what kind of made you go with those two rappers to start? Well, when I when I started with the Blackburn, um, and I was visiting shops, I always asked the guys that I. Can you tell me which one is the most selling size cigar? Mm-hmm. They always tell me, oh, Toro and Robusto. Can you tell me which one are the the strength of the cigar that is selling the most for you? They always tell me medium and medium to full. And when I say medium and medium to full, okay. So I guess I need to start there. And then after I I have popularity, then I bring the Connecticut, then I bring some other stuff. So I was talking with uh, over there at the factory with Martha Manor. So I need a full body or medium to full, and I need a medium. He said, well, if you want to go Maduro, the best one to work right now is San Andreas. It gives you less leftovers, mm-hmm. and we need to we need to play uh, safe. So we've got to go with the San Andreas. All right, make, make me the samples. And what about the medium? He said, well, there's a rapper that I know they are bringing a lot of rapper nowadays, which is a rapper from Brazil. Mm-hmm. It's actually the Criollo 98. Coming, it's grown in Brazil and they call it Cubra. He said, you know what? So make me the samples. When he did the samples, that's actually how everything started. We were like, wow, this, this really tastes like something that I want to buy myself. And that's actually how we really started. Like middle and middle to full. And how, why we increased the line so fast? Because we did it in less than a year. Yeah. In less than a year, we increased the line. We, we, has the, we had the first batch of Raven and Crow in January 2019, I even went to the, I believe I went to the TP if I'm not wrong, or maybe it was the 2020, I forgot. Then I was visiting stores and I got to, to realize something. If if you give two cigars to a retail owner and he say, I like one, not necessarily he's going to break that one because one cigar, one brand can get lost in the humidity. If they like to, okay, you have more possibility to really have the sale. Because when they actually, when a customer look at the humidor, they look more or less in a space of three boxes. That's the way they look. So you can actually get lost with one. Right. So when I got those, those, those information, when people say, yes, uh, one is not enough. And I told that to my brother. My brother said, you know what? Go big or go home, baby. Let's make six lines because at least they're gonna like three of those. Yeah. It's like, and I was like, "Are you sure?" Yeah. And even if they want to start with three, which is actually very uh, understandable, we're gonna have three. We're gonna have two medium to full. We're gonna have two medium, and we're gonna have two mild. Right. So we give them, for example, the jack, the Dionkai, and the Kuku. And if the customer is happy, then we extend the line to the Rook, Dionkai, and the Crow. And actually, that bro, that increased the sales. I can say now about two hundred and fifty percent right away, just because we have more more SKUs. Sure. Just because of that, so that's actually how everything started. And we let's say, you know the Criollo Cuco also has Cubra. Yes. But the blend that's my most Dominican cigar. 
everything is Dominican except the rapper. So we actually trying to play a little safe, but because we have two Sumatra, two Cobra, one San Andres, and the Connecticut is easier to find in the market. Mm-hmm. That's why we use those kind of rappers because we know we can get it. Yeah. Well, no. nowadays, you know, it's, you probably know it's a problem because of the COVID situation. Then uh, they're booming and now it's going down. The big guys is buying all the tobacco, whatever. We have, that's, that you can see that probably in every industry. Cars are high priced because they don't have the inventory. This is happening in every industry. Yeah, no, it's, it's, ver- it's very true. Um, and you're definitely seeing it. Um, which has become like of the lines, which is your like rock star line, which is the one that's kind of, Hey, this is the one that's probably your best seller or just most popular even. Well, uh, for three years straight, my most selling brand is the crow. Last year, my most selling brand was the crow. My most selling skew was the all kind grand Taro. Right. Interesting. And you know, I was going to ask you about the sizes. I think you answered that. I mean, you pick you pick sizes based on your experience with the market. It seems like for sure. Uh, you yes, Russo, yes. And sixty. Okay, so that actually, uh, I like the question right there. Um, okay. I don't think sixty is selling like they used to when I started. So the thing is, I say, you know what? We need to compete in the market. We don't really have great prices of hotel. Let's say wholesale prices of tobacco because we don't buy as the other people buy when we started. We need to start small. So they're not going to give me the price. Like, let's say if you're going to order 100,000 cigars, you know you're going to have a better price than if you buy 1,000 cigars. The same thing is with tobacco. And we cannot to commit to tell, tell somebody, you know what, we're going to do a forecast and we're going to buy from you 100 pounds with, within a year. We, we don't know that because we're starting. Mm-hmm. So um, I said, you know what, we cannot go over 10 we cannot go less than five. Mm-hmm. We need to go in the Swiss path. So it has to be between seven and nine. Yep. And when we start the, the Robusto, I said, you know what? We need to go 350. And we know it was not the best pricing, but we need to start somewhere. So I said 50 by five. I don't want to do a 50 by six because at the end of the day, probably my Robusto never is going to, it's, not, it's never going to sell. And the only differentiation is the length. And probably to make a Robusto, I need to make a cigar like the length of a Toro and just cut it by five. So I need to give them a little more. I want to give them a 54 by six to make a very big differentiation, one from the other one. And it can be a little about one to almost $2 difference. Right. So they can feel confident paying the price for the Grand Toro. You know what I mean? Yep. And then the most tricky part was the 60 because... There's a couple of guys that have a 60 in, in his 10, maybe. Or, for example, I don't know, Asylum have, have a good pricing. And mm-hmm. the Digger the bigger from LFD, 60 by 8, I think it's a great price for a 60. Yeah. That was more tricky. But I say, you know what? I need to give them not a 60 by 6, which is more the, the most common. I need to give them a 60 by 7. So I can be a little bit, a little bit close to, to over there. And then if the people ask me for a Corona or Lancero, I will make it on the road. But they need to ask me for that because the most selling size cigar, I think, is the Lancero. And actually, it's my favorite. And, and the, like, you need to be at, 
like a guy that sells Lancero must train their customers to, to sell, like, to buy Lanceros or Coronas, even that I think it tastes better. So that was actually trying to, to compete in the market the best way we think was the best way. Yeah, and that's why we took the sense. Yeah, it makes sense. In fact, I'll even tell you a little story on that. So I have a, uh, a guy I used to work with on my day job. He's retired. Uh, he's a big guy. He loves cigars, and he only smokes 60 or bigger, right? And I recently mm-hmm. I recently told him about the unkind because I said, hey, hey John, it's a 7 by 60. It's even bigger than what you're going to get. And I said, I know your, I know your profile. I said, you're going to like that Brazilian rapper. He went and got him. He's like, he's like, Coop. He goes, this is right up my alley. He goes, where did you find it? <laughs> I said, well, one thing I said is that 7 by 60 I said, I just knew it was in his wheelhouse. Because there is a wheelhouse for a guy. There are guys like my friend John who does that. So right. uh, it was something different for him. And he was excited about that, you know, about a 7. Because there mm-hmm. aren't a lot of 7. There are some, but there's not a lot of them out there. You're, you're competing with more that doesn't have- Right. And then I mm-hmm. think this is going to help you. I think, you know, this is going to help you because if the market, like if, if inflation in the U.S. gets bad, you know, some people may downsize the size cigar they're doing, right? So they said, well, I'll go mm-hmm. 6 by 54 from 6 by 60. This is a differentiator for you. Like, well, this is not just 6 by 60, it's 7 by 60. So I, I thought that was a really good move that you made with that. And, and explaining that to me made all the sense with that now. Yeah, yeah. Even that, you know, if, if we're competing, I guess, LFD digger, they like 60, that, that 60 by 8. Has a good price for that big of a cigar. It's it's a Honestly. look. You can't. They can't keep it on the shelf. <laughs> that's that's the good thing for me. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, because sometimes they have a lot of back orders, but yeah, it's an opportunity. Let's just say. But yeah, that's what it is. Like honestly, I prefer to sell the Corona that I have, forty-four by six, the Robusto and the Toro, because actually the sixty that takes a lot of tobacco, man. That takes yeah. a lot of tobacco to make that sixty by yeah. seven, right? Yeah. My my master band is always telling me, "Hey man, this is too much." <laughs> yeah, yeah. We ju- we just got some of those nine by ninety cigars from Asylum, and wow. like when you see the amount of tobacco in a nine by ninety, it makes the six by sixty look tiny. It's it's yeah, it's more than twice the size is what it, it's not. It's 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 like almost three times the size of the amount of tobacco that's in that thing. It was, it was. I mean. It was that was. I don't even know how I'm gonna cut that thing, so that's another story. <laughs> because I have an 80 ring gauge cutter and it won't cut it, so I have to. I'm gonna have to use a razor blade probably to cut that thing. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah that, that's a big. Which one is your favorite size cigar? If I if I can ask. Um, I I do like 60s, but my favorite size is the Corona Gorda, that five and five eighths by 46. To me, that's five five, five by 46. Five and five eighths by 46, so a little bigger, yeah. That's almost a Corona. It's, that's, yeah. that's a, I think it's a great size. Yeah, I think I think I tend to like. I always try that size in the line, um, and then you know I, I tend to smoke a lot of Robusto and Toro just because there's a lot of that out there. But if I'm looking, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a Lancero guy. I'll be honest, I'm not a Lancero guy. I know a lot of people like. That's it, fine. I, you know, but I think I get what a smaller ring gauge can do, and I think that that 46 to me has become more and more the sweet spot for me these days. I understand. Yeah, yeah. If you like it, like, yeah, yeah. that's a cigar for everyone. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you like some, I think I always say that cigars is very subjective. Yeah. Whatever you like, necessarily, Aaron doesn't need to like. That's right. right. And that's totally fine. 
I think that's what's good is I think there's like variety out there. And I and the other thing I tell people, right? And I drive Aaron crazy about this. They always tell me smoking <laughs> the wrong, I always tell Aaron he's smoking the wrong side. That's right. Now these guys are just like now these guys are all over me about but what I do say is there, you know, they're always I say don't dismiss a line because you didn't like one size and don't like rave about the line either. Try to smoke a couple of the sizes in the line at least and you get a good you get more an accurate picture, I think, where that is. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I like you know yeah. which one I like fifty four by five for example mm. because it give you a little bit of too much but you don't get tired of the cigar because you can change with the, for another one yep. that's right. what I think. Agree. Now I'm smoking the Macau the Macaw I always say Macaw right? yeah Macaw Macaw the Macaw mm. so that that's a really unique cigar right and I, and I was talking to Elvis about this cigar a bit and he was giving me some info talk about because that was kind of your limited that's that's your limited. But I love this. Sto- I want you to kind of tell the story because you kind of brought all the lines together in that blend, yeah. which I thought was a really yeah. cool idea. Yeah. So the blend, we 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 still have a mission. The blend that I can tell you is, uh, we had we had a meeting, with my brother, Mister Blender, and I was like, I think it's the right time to bring a limited edition. Right. What do you think can be the best way to do it? And my brother said, how we can combine all the colors in one logo. <laughs> there you go. Right? Yeah. And yeah. then he left it over there. <laughs> then I said, then I said, Papo, which is the month of blender. What about we try to pick the best thing of each plant and we make it together? It was like, that crazy? You want to go? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bro, there must be a way that the, that you can do it at least from three or four of the cigars that we make, four of the four of the blends. You say, wow, you always giving me something hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bro, if you want to be unique, then the time passes. My a month later, my my brother show up in the warehouse in Miami. He said, I think I got it. What do you mean? I think we need to make them a call. Why? Mm. Have you seen all the feathers? <laughs> you can kind of combine all the colors that we have. And I'm like, wow. And he said, and you know you like two syllables, right? It's my call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, damn, yeah, I think you're right. You're right. Then, like, two months later, Papa shows uh, the samples. Then what I did over there, is I started creating the smoking pattern. I hope I don't get up, I don't get in trouble with FDA. And I say, there's something about the smoking pattern that a lot of factories has. And it's good that they have it. But I believe that they don't need to really make every cigar by the smoking panel inside of the factory. The most of the time the smoking panel of the factory, they don't travel as much as we do. And they kind of know, but the guys out there smoking cigars is the one that need to give me the feedback. So I sent up, I did a post in Instagram, sign up right here because I'm going to ship one stick so you guys can give me your opinion. And I got around 200 sign up in 48 hours. Wow. When I got all the sign up, like two months, three months later, I ship everyone. And they were not expecting it. I ship everyone one cigar. 
And also all of them receive a blast email with all the questions that I have. And honestly, I can say probably uh, 50 to 70% answering me. Even some of them, they just answer me through Instagram. Like they put a post and they answer right there. Hey, here we go, Jonas. This is what you needed. I'm going to say this. So when they told me that, I just give all the information pretty easy to the master blender. This is what the people say, man. This is what you need to change to make it happen. So that's a cigar made out, out of people opinion, not mm -hmm. from actually me. People uh, uh, um, telling suggestions to us. And that's how we create the Macau and trying to bring all the key points of at least four blends of the line. And then, and then, um, then uh, Elvis uh, came on board and the team, and he was like, we need to go crazy with this. Yeah. <laughs> he said, he said, how about we do an AR experience in the Macau? I'm like, you think we can make that? Yeah, yeah. He said, we can do it like the 19 crime thing, maybe. Like, let's make it happen. We start working over there. He he get in touch with the guys. And he say, bro, I think we actually need to link this up with something even better. If we're going to land a bird and you can see it, like flying and doing something, you need to put glasses, like sunglasses, and a chain that it, yeah. that is, that it has to say the, the slogan. And even on top of that, I don't know if you know that I'm also a rapper, so I make music. No, I didn't we're know gonna that. Wow. Put, wow. We're going to put my song that it's going to come out, and, and that's what's going to be playing while, while the bird is flying. So there's a song that says, Yeah, I've, I'm done, I've done that. I've, and I've done the video. <laughs> like, I've done it with the, with the QR code and everything. It's amazing. I didn't know that was your song. That's interesting. That's my song. That's something else that I can tell you. It's very, it took me time to understand why I was doing it. So actually, my first passion was music. Like, I never couldn't make it because I had to, to, to work right away. And music is very hard. So I got to meet someone that helped me with the, the music. It's, it's my friend nowadays. And I started making music with them, with him. And I'm talking just one year ago. We turned one year in November when we launched, no, we launched the first music video last January. So I did three songs and the third songs, the third song was that song that we picked for the Macau. So oh, wow. something that helped me with the music videos was the product placement. So, you know, it's very hard to promote tobacco. Sure. Anything related to tobacco, you know, you cannot even have a sponsorship in Instagram. You know, when you have like a paid promotion, oh. things like oh, that. I, I know. You, Believe me, we know. Yeah. You can't. But when you make a music video, you can have a product placement like C-Rock, like Ace of Spade, like you name it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know what? I'm going to put my cigars on it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be it's going to be showing in the clips. Like can be a little fast, maybe two seconds in the, at the beginning of the video. Maybe two seconds at the, at the final final of the video, and that's what we did. And that's how that's something else. Let's say that little spark that actually the people like that I was doing the music by having my cigars on it. They didn't. They don't understand nothing. They say, "Bro, that was fire." What do you mean? Whatever you said was fire. <laughs> <laughs> 
yep. just because of the 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 tempo of the song. Wow, and, and that's how we put everything together. It's really cool when you see the bird, uh, and that music. It's kind of it's it is a uh, you, know, you got the chain and everything. It is really cool to see, um, to do that. Like I said, um. I haven't seen anyone do anything like that before. The 3D animation is amazing on that thing um, as well. I mean, it really looks three-dimensional. Is when you, when yeah, you man. I was, I was very happy with that, man, because as far as I know, uh, in the cigar industry, we were the first doing the AR experience in a cigar. As far as I know, maybe you know someone, but I haven't seen that. I, I can't say I have um, for sure. And if they did, it wasn't at that level that you did that with. Um, so I, I can answer. tell you that yeah. that's something else why we use birds. When you use a, a, a bird, an animal, anything that represents your company, it was going to be easier for you to make clothing, marketing, and, and play with the brand. As yeah. to when you just have a, and let's say you just, just last name, cigar, it's going to be harder. Yeah, no, it's true. It's very true. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, and the macaw, I think that was a perfect with the amalgamation of colors that bird has with the amalgamation of those tobaccos and, and a, a different size. You went with that. It was this, this 58 ring gauge box press Robusto. Um, what kind of led to that size, um, through this whole process? Okay. So it's a 50 by eight, by eight and a quarter, by one and a quarter, one and eight, one eight. Yes. It's like, why? Well, 5.25. The right. thing is, we got to be honest. Like, even that, I know uh, we did a lot of spark. And, like, a lot of people know us very fast, like, in two years. We need to know that when you are going in the game of a limited edition, you really need to make something that the people want to pay for it. Because yeah. you can be a great brand, but if you're not Nike, if you're not Nike still, you need to understand where you're going. So, I said, you know what? I don't do any box press in my line, so I need to make a box press. Right. Maybe in a, a box press, he adds at least 50 cent more in a cigar. I don't, and also, I say, I need to have a little thick, like thick cigar, so they know we're going to have more tobacco in it, mm -hmm. but I'm making box press so it's, it can be more comfortable sure. when you're smoking the cigar. Yeah. That's actually why we, we went that route, just to give them a little bit more tobacco and then the box press to look different than the rest of the line and more comfortable when you are smoking. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, I like, like I said, I like a big box press, a big ring box press, but yeah, I'm smoking it now. It, it, it's, it's like smoking a 54, I would say. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like I'm smoking a 54 on it, which is very good. And, and there's a lot going on with this skirt. There's no question about it. Um, and I've had these for about, this is one I've had for about three months. And, it, and it's really, it's hit its sweet spot right now. I'll say that. It's really coming mm. to its own right now. Is this, is this a one and done? Is this going to be an annual thing? What, what are the plans for this line going forward? At least for this year, we're not going to make it happen again. Um, I would think customers will, will tell me if we need to bring it back. Yeah. People are telling me, hey, you need to bring this back. I think we need to let the customers decide about that. Um, I, we don't have that tobacco anymore. So that's something that we found to make that happen. Uh, I would love to bring that in a yearly basis, yes. But I don't think it's going to be 
something that we're going to be able to do it this year. Yep. Because we don't have that tobacco at the moment. We want to work in a new limited edition for 2023 mm-hmm. because we want to do a full body limited edition cigar related to birds again. And we want to have the cigar made before the half of this year. So when we get it out, it's already one year of aging. Sure. Yeah, I get that. So after we launch that, we're going to be able to see if we can bring on 24, let's say, the the Throwback Thursday Macaw and the Throwback Thursday New Limited Edition brand. Mm-hmm. Got it. And if we so, so let's say, I think it's gonna be very smart to do something in October because of the all the crow thing that we have. Yeah, and probably we can use the limited edition for the less for the slower month of the year to bring something for the. I think it's gonna be nice to do have a limited edition beginning in the last week of November so people can buy something. A gift in December. Sure. But like I said, everything takes time. Um, so we need to know when really, we need to know that the next limited edition is going to be 200 over, over 100. Let's say yeah. 15 out of 10. You know what I mean? Yep. Before we do that, because we're really focusing a lot right now in the quality and consistency. The only way, William, I can show you that I'm consistent. It's not in three years. Yeah. It's probably seven years. That's good to hear. It's good to hear that. Yeah. That's the only way. Like, Padron is not Padron in 10 years. Right. So I need to show the world that we have consistency. So they can feel, oh, you know what? I can pay $20 for that cigar. These guys, I know when I smoke a cigar from them, it's always on point. I need to know that they feel that way. Yeah, and I, you know, what I liked, what I heard is that you're really putting a lot of development into the limited editions where I've been critical of some of the limited editions. They're not really developed. They're kind of things that have been lying around alternates. But here, you, you're putting a lot of development into what this limited edition is going to be. And I can tell you, I appreciate that because I am a consort consumer. And I think that's important. I see a limited edition as a gift. Right. For the, for the consumers, for the retail shop, and for the sales reps. Yep. Because when you have a limited edition and people's looking for it, you know, the rest of your line is going to move that more. Yep. So we don't, we're not really looking at any profit on any limited edition. We're just looking to have something good for the people so people can have, like, a, like we can have a very good brand recognition it's something that people say, you know what? I bought this. Oh, you don't have it. Maybe I give you one. I'm going to save this for two, three years. Something that really has a value on it. You know, Coraline is way different than a limited edition. And I'm pretty sure you know that better than me. Yep, yep. No, exactly. And then uh, it's re- that's really good to hear on that. Um, okay, Aaron, anything else we want to hit on some of the brands here with, with Jonas? No, I think you covered it. Are you smoking tonight? Yeah, I am. All right, so why don't we get into what we're smoking tonight? Um, sure. And as always, uh, what we're smoking is uh, sponsored by Tailored Smoke, located in the heart of downtown Charlotte's, ep- Charlotte, downtown Charlotte's epicenter and now outside the Charlotte Motor Speedway in Concord, North Carolina. Tailored Smoke is your one-stop shop for Tailored Smoke experience. Aaron, what did you light up tonight? 
I went with the uh, the Jackdaw. So you know how much I like Connecticut. So yeah, that'd be a good way good way to start it off. So uh, interesting Connecticut. Um, It's not a traditional Connecticut shade. Um, It does have some traditional Connecticut shade flavors. It's kind of got that toasted hay note, some creaminess to it, but it's got a good dose of black pepper to it. So usually the peppers usually tone back. This one has got it. It's not up front, but it's kind of right right behind the that toasted hay and that creaminess. Um, but the strength is not high. It's still a kind of a, a little bit below medium, I would say, um, in regards to the strength level. So the pepper doesn't like, it's not over the top. It's not uh, a bunch of, you know, nicotine strength or anything like that. So um, it kind of plays a little bit of a trick on you in regards to that. You think the pepper is going to, you know, be some, you're going to feel start feeling that after smoking it for a while, but that's not the case. Um, and then as the cigars progressed, that toasted hay and creaminess is still there. But there's some uh, some toasted wood that's starting to come in there. It kind of makes the uh, profile a little bit fuller as you're smoking it. So it's not like you're gonna tire of the you know the hay note and the creaminess. You're you know gonna get a little bit more uh, fuller flavors as the cigar progresses. So um, it's smoking well. Um, the construction is absolutely perfect. Um, I'd say ash is a drop in like inch and a half. The burn line's perfectly straight. The draw is perfect. So uh, I, I can't really complain about the cigar at the moment. Glad to hear that. Yep. Yep. And I'm, yeah, no, uh, and Aaron loves his Connecticut's. I could tell you that. Right. So, so, uh, and, uh, that's good to hear. Um, I'm smoking a Macaw. Um, love this cigar. It's, um, it's a very complex cigar is what I'll say. I love how the sweetness and the spices is, is just perfectly balanced throughout the whole cigar. Uh, you, the retrohale is really key. You're going to get a little extra spice. You're going to get some of those, uh, some extra wood notes on this thing. Um, it's like I said, it's, it's, um, I put it in medium to full is maybe where I put this right now. I have wind blowing in from, uh, this door here that you can't see. So it's cause it's a windy night, but I needed some air in here. Um, but again, it's, 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 it's burning. It's holding up very well with some wind here. Um, and, uh, I love the thick ash on this thing. It's a slow burner, uh, which I like. Um, so, and I think it's, maybe it's slow just cause it's, it's a bigger gauge, but, um, this is this is what I would expect out of a limited edition, Jonas. This this is this is really good, and like I said, with three Something months I can of age, tell it's, you. yeah, yeah, it's been smoking great. Something I can tell you, probably within time, you can tell me if I'm right. The way we make the cigars, where let's say one is too loose and ten is too tight, we always try to make it in a almost seven. Okay, where you need to make a little effort to pull. That's what so I like about this. I like yeah. this in a box. This is why I like this. This box press is exactly like that because sometimes the box press, it's too open for me. Um, exactly. So yeah. it's too open, then you're going to have too much heat. And you know what happens when you have too much heat. It just gets, mm-hmm. yeah, it gets, it's, the combustion is terrible. It gets, it gets bitter. Yeah. So yeah, that's just the, everybody has their own way to roll cigars. So that's the thing that we believe is the best. Just to make you a little, make a little effort to pull the cigar. That's it. Yep. Just a little, not too much. I, that's exactly uh one of our one of the guys on my team, uh, his name's Ben. He calls it the milkshake drawer. It's kind of like you <laughs> want to draw it like you know, just like you drink a milkshake, it's it's gonna be a little you're gonna drink that, it's a little tighter. So it but it's not like it's not blocked, it's not plugged, it's it's you work it a bit and I just find it's 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 perfect. There's a lot of box presses that don't do that, and this this is uh as good a drawer as I've had on a box press. Yeah, a, a box press that 
does not have the, the enough tobacco because you can have the same 54 cig- ring gauge cigar regular and the box press, the box press must have at least one leaf less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it's too much yeah. less, you're going to have a very loose drop. It's too much and it's, it's, it's going to taste like burn. That's, a, that's all it's going to taste like. Yeah, it, exactly. And it gets, it gets very harsh quickly, um, which I don't like, unfortunately. I've had some like really good blends that go that way, unfortunately. So, uh, mm-hmm. But again, I like how this is not overly sweet. It's not overly spicy. It's, it's, it's in that sweet spot to get both of those types of flavors in there. Um, and like I said, as you smoke this, this is one sit that the fact that it burns slow, it's going to really let you uh, enjoy the flavors a lot more. So yes. I, I think this is a, you did a very nice job on this cigar. Thank you. Thank you for that. I want to keep doing it better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear. All right. So this is uh, what we call our cattle baron steak question of the night. And this is related to steak, the meat. And I want to know, what is your favorite steakhouse to go to? Whether it's in the U.S. or the Dominican Republic, steakhouse. Oh, let me see. Well, why should I say regular? Well, can I say Texas or Brazil is a steakhouse? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Totally. That's something that I like. I went, I went like three times to the North Rest. The guy that is always with the salt thing. You know what I mean? Oh, Salt Bay. You know the guy? Yep. Yeah, Salt Bay. Yeah, I went to his restaurant three times in Miami, and let me tell you, it's very expensive, but it tastes different. It really tastes different. Uh, but honestly, I really like the Texas Brazil. I like I like the picanha, and mm-hmm. actually, the way that I really like to smoke cigars, which I don't often has have the time. I smoke cigars, but I not always complete because I'm always talking or in a meeting. It goes when you make events and things like that. But I like to to have different cuts of meat with a coverness of a young wine and sometimes an IPA. That's just me. People sometimes ask me, how do you like to play the cigar? Honestly, that depends on the cigar that I'm smoking. But I believe, I think any cigar can be good with different cuts of meat because when you have the Picanha and then you have the Cern de Leon and then you have the Churrasco, that actually, for for some reason, help you out with the palate, to clean the palate, then smoking. I don't know. It just feels great to do with, with different cuts of meat. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree with that. You know, and it's even certain cigars go different with cuts of meat. I, we just had some prime rib over the weekend, and uh, I can tell you, yeah, it's uh, I actually enjoy a milder cigar with, with prime rib. That's just me. So Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And, you, and you know, actually, you know that a cigar would taste a certain way depending on what you ate that day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, very true. Very That's true. something interesting to know. Oh, yeah. You look like, look, if you're going to have like a very spicy food dish, it's going to affect your palate the rest of the day. I'll tell you that. There's no way around that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, once the people, once every, once a consumer knows that, they will enjoy the cigars even more because they will know what to pick while they're smoking that cigar. Because I like to eat while I'm smoking the cigar. Sometimes people don't just don't smoke cigar at all. Right. I like to play around. Because I think it's fantastic when you're playing with your palate. When, you know, you have acidity and alkaline. When you play with that, trying to get that palate to the center, like, I think it's a man. I love yeah. it. Yeah, very, very true. 
I agree with you on that. That's a great point. Okay, uh, we got one more short segment, Jonas. I have to do a quick sponsor break, and then this won't be a long segment, and then we'll, we'll uh, wrap it up. Sound good? Yes, sir. All right. So I want to mention uh, JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars, it was a leaf of choice uh, to make some of the world's finest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamasaran Valley in Honduras, Julio Arroyo took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Julio and his son Justo bring their very own brand to market, each containing that authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in 100% authentic Corojo Puro, San Andreas Maduro, Ecuadorian Connecticut shade, Cameron or Bono wrapper representing the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at your local retailer, be sure to ask for JRE Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And by Corona Cigar Company. At Corona Cigar Company, we take pride in the fact that we are cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you will find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, we have special limited edition cigars available exclusively to Corona Cigar Company from famous international cigar makers such as Padron, Avo, Drew Estate, Davidoff, Perdomo, Gurker, and Oliva. But don't just take our word for it. Forbes magazine selected Corona Cigar Company as the best of the web. Corona Cigars voted a top five internet cigar retailer by Smoke Magazine. Cigar Aficionado wrote Corona Cigar Company, the largest, the best stock cigar shops in America. Place an order online at www.coronacigar.com or visit one of Corona's four central cigar superstores and cigar bars and see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. I want to remind everyone, um, we have our Aganorsa Leaf, uh, Aganorsa Experience uh, set going on. Again, um, you will find out um, on our site, uh, if you click the sidebar, uh, we are highlighting the new Supreme Leaf Robusto that's been released. We'll have a new Aganorsa Experience coming up over the weekend. Uh, we'll just continue to uh, highlight different things that Aganorsa Leaf's doing. So uh, stay tuned for a blog post on Cigar Coop with that, and we'll, be, uh, we'll announce what that is very soon. And finally, I want to mention Alec Bradley cigars. Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley. Visit alecbradley.com to find out more about their cigars. Live true. So this is our live true segment, uh, Jonas. We talk a little non-cigar here to wrap it up. And I, I, I always look for, sometimes I do different topics or I do uh, short questions. But tonight I wanted to just do one topic because you are into birds, right? Um, and I want to find out, like, are, is, what is, I mean, Obviously, is this something that you were interested in before cigars, or is this something you got interested in um, after you launched your brand? It was after our. It was because of the brand, actually. Because uh, honestly, uh, I always joke around with this. Like the USA, you cannot even kill a mosquito because you can get a, a ticket for that. You <laughs> yeah, know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I've gotten yelled. I've gotten yelled at for killing ants, so I can tell you that. So you know that American people is very animal friendly and bird, so of course bird friendly. So because of that, we and because I explained you earlier today because of the eagle thing, we try to work it out with the birds. But actually, I always want to have one day. I really want to have a macaw in my house. Honestly, yeah, I, I, can see I always that. dream for that. I want that because you know they talk, and I, I think that can be like like amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's my favorite bird. Actually, is the macaw. 
it, it's like I said I learned about the macaw from um the brand. I really didn't know much about that that bird beforehand. Um and um I was very like I got really into it. My my dad uh is a big animal lover and I would say next to dogs his favorite thing is to do bird watching. Um it's harder for him to do that now because he's moved into a high rise but at his house I mean he was always what was always cool about that and growing up with him is he loved like the robin redbreast was always like the first bird to come out after spring. So he kind mm-hmm. of liked that. And I was always into like the robin redbreast, the bluebird, uh, the, the, the blue jay. If you could do a blue jay cigar, man, that would be awesome. I just love a, the blue jays is such a beautiful bird, in my opinion, uh, to see. Something that, I, that, that is, is nice about the bird theme for for the brand is because I can do estate birds. For example, uh, there's a guy from Stoggy Bird. He yep. has a Sam, subscription yeah. company. And I did their rough grouse. And that's right. the state bird of Pennsylvania because he's in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, I believe the the Chicago bird is actually the cardinal, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. The Texas bird is the mockingbird, which I did it for the smoke green in Texas. So it can give me something so that people can keep feeling identified with the yeah. brand mm-hmm. when I give you that type of stuff. That's yeah, we, actually what it is. What that's it is. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Our, our bird in North Carolina is the Cardinal. Um, and they are just, we have tons of Cardinals on my pro. I, there's, there's Cardinals all over the place here. Um, mm-hmm. Which is real, which is really, it's like I said, it's, it's, we have nests of them. Uh, then, then we have the swallows, which are nasty. You got to watch those. <laughs> they, yeah. And, and, and you notice what I'll also say is Dave in Australia, there's a famous episode where he was getting attacked by birds in the middle of a show. Uh, oh my God. they were sweeping. I mean, they, I'm telling you, we have camera shots of the bird coming right into like you put the camera, it was going to go right into the camera and they're flying over him. Uh, because he was, he was basically parked <laughs> under the nest on his porch. So, oh, so, you know, swallows are nasty. Oh my- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. um, yeah. Um, you know the funny thing is the obviously the eagle is, it's a beautiful. Like I've we don't have a lot of eagles out here, but I've seen them out in the Midwest and West, and and they are. I mean, when you see how big these creatures are, it's it's a, it's 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 amazing about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I would I would love to make a brand called the eagle, but that's taken already. I was just oh, saying. Yeah, I think I'm I think sure. that's, I think Car- is Cardinal taken too because I think yeah. EPC I it. think so too. I think not as the main name. I think as a uh, line name. Right. Yeah, it and was. It was because they did. His son, yeah, his son went to Stanford, and it's the Stanford Cardinal. I think that's where that name came from. With that. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of there's a lot of things out there. Yeah. You just when you make a brand, you need to make sense and everything. You cannot yeah. make a brand just to put a label on it. That's the thing with us. We need to, for example, within time, when the, when the right time comes, we want to do more lines, but dedicated to something. For example, we want to do a classic line one day. Uh, classy, but let's say, you know a brand that I I like to do something like that? Because I don't think they, they're, not, they're not around anymore. They had um, art drawing in black and white. Let me see if I remember the name. I think it was made by Espinosa. You remember? You know what of the brand I'm talking about? They're not around anymore. I think. 
Oh, who had that? All the all the bucks were brown, but they always had like an art in black and white of each line. They had one with a dog. They have one with a like a bicycle with a guy, but it was art. That's something that I like when you the, mix the Cornelius and Ant. Yeah, I think it was the Cornelius exactly. and Ant. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a brand that I really, really like it. Yeah. It's a brand in, in, in this classy, but a little mix of the modern, you know, mm-hmm. not too much, something that I like. So it, it will, the, the time will tell us what to do specifically. Yeah. Because every single brand has a niche. Let's say the guys that from 25 to 35, they smoke this, from 40 to and over, they smoke that. And if we really want to try to catch the whole uh, people that smoke cigars, we will need to have yep. more more lines, but that will be within time because if you need to, let's say we have six blends and then we create, we need to create six more blends, totally different, you need to take, you really need to make sure that you're going to have enough tobacco to keep going with the lines. It's, it's a it's a big commitment. It's true, and and in, you know you hear stories like when the tobacco gets substituted, people notice it right away. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Smoking something over there, man. Yeah. Yeah, or if it's just not as good a crop of tobacco. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, no, that's good. Uh, like I said, uh, like I said, I've learned like some of the birds that you've put out. I didn't know about these birds. I was kind of interested to learn about them. So. It was a little, there's a fun aspect in addition to enjoying the cigars. I kind of enjoyed learning the stories behind these, these uh, brands you did. And, and uh, right. I think it was a nice story there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Jonas, um, I want to thank you for being a guest tonight. Um, I look for, hopefully I'll see you in a couple of weeks in the Dominican Republic and we can kind of meet up face to face um i look forward to it and definitely i'll catch it i'll be i will be a pca so if you're gonna be a pca you'll see me there so okay um, so do me a favor send me an email with your address an errand address i'm gonna give you a gift oh i'm gonna take a bond i'm gonna take a bundle of my personal reserve uh after i couldn't sell the raven anymore because of the trademark issue i saved something for me Mm -hmm. so those cigars have three years of aging i'm gonna send you 10 cigars to you, 10 cigars to Aaron. That's something. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, and so then, yeah, no, and then maybe we'll we'll talk some music down the line on the music show as well. So we'd love to kind of talk to yeah. you on that uh, <laughs> as well. Yeah, of course. We can do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know Dave is Dave will be dying to talk to you on that. So yep. uh, now I know why Dave loves the brand. Dave's gonna Dave's probably gonna watch this tomorrow. He's like, I didn't know he was he's a musician too. So he's like gonna be all excited. So yeah. But but uh but most importantly, Jonas, stay safe. Um, and, uh, like I said, best of luck to you and, and thank you so much for the time tonight. It, yes. it was much appreciated. Thank you, man. It was my pleasure. It was fun. And remember to send me the, the addresses. Uh, I will so do I that. I will do that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jonas. Take care. God bless right. you guys. All right. Take care. That's Jonas Santana of, um, Blackbird Cigars here on the primetime show. You know, oh, you know what I didn't ask, tell him? So hmm. you know what I, you know what I called, you know who I called him first? Who's that? I called him Johan Santana in my first year. Oh, there you go. Because the, the picture, right? And I knew yeah. he didn't say anything. Man. I knew, oh shit, I wrote, I knew it wasn't Johan, but I'm like, I right. think we were talking Mets with Hector. Actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I think that's when I had it on the mind, but no, it was good. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Aaron, let's, uh, let's get into a little Sopranos talk tonight. Um, All right. And 
I wanted to change it up a bit. I don't know how this is going to go, but we'll try it. Right. Um, I found a list of like little known facts on the Sopranos, like uh, trivia facts. Mm -hmm. Um, There was some stuff, a lot of stuff I didn't know. And I'm just, I, there's like 144 of them. I I picked the first 10 and if this goes well, we'll do some of the others down the line. Um, But, but let me kind of go through this. And this is basically, we'll just get some, we'll just give you some thoughts on this. Um, All right. All right. So this is the first one. And I didn't notice David Chase only directed two episodes, the first and the last. I did not know that. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't off the top of my head, I wouldn't be able to tell you that, but um, you know, they did. There's a few, a, a fair number of series, I think, that they have like different directors throughout the series, right? Yes, they do. Yeah, so I think some they have, that... you know, they rotate through the same ones a lot of times, but they don't, re- they don't do like entire seasons themselves. It's like a, it's, yeah. it's very different. Yeah, there's no question that last episode is like David Chase through and through. I mean, that right. one, I just kind of felt that was David, especially the whole ending. We can say what we want, but yeah, I could see that one. But I think like I think so. I think like Michael Imperioli directed a few episodes. Right. Um, I don't know who else directed episodes who were characters. I think Michael Imperioli is the one that comes to mind. Yeah. With that, I don't think James Gandolfini did any directing. I don't think so. No. No. So here is another one. He said James. This is the second one. James Gandolfini said he was often contacted by real life quote unquote wise guys, complimenting him on the authenticity of the series as well as giving him advice. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that too. Um, and if if they were spending time in New York, uh, in New Jersey, probably wasn't a problem. Is what yeah. I'll just, I'll yeah, just yeah. say. Um, so yeah, that one I, I could definitely see that as well. Now this one I kind of I think I knew this one right this third one. Like after the pilot aired, a real life quote unquote wise guy told Gandolfini never to wear shorts again, and <laughs> and. And maybe I knew this because I knew the scene in season four um, in the episode four, all debts, public and private, when mm-hmm. um, Carmine Lupertesi, who ran the New York uh, uh, mob, told yep. Tony that he heard at a recent backyard party, a Don doesn't wear shorts. That's right. I remember that line. <laughs> and Yeah, I remember that line. And I think I did read that somewhere that that was inspired by the fact he was told. Uh, they don't wear shorts. Now, I do know some characters who are um, wise guys, and mm-hmm. I've never seen one of them wear shorts. Is what I'll just yeah. say. So um, that that you know, I thought okay, that's one thing. But Tony wearing the bathrobe in the driveway, right. I wonder what they said to him on that. Uh, well, who who was the who was the guy that in real life that uh, played? He was pretending that he was mentally ill and he would go on his walks with a, in a rope. Oh, geez. I don't remember his name. I don't remember it either. But it happens in real life. Right. I don't think, I mean, if you're just at your house in yeah. the driveway, I don't know why that would yeah. be a problem, right? But yeah, so yeah, I'm okay with it. Now, a side note, right? And I, my wife told me that the Tony Soprano character was not the first mob character to have mental illness issues. And she's mm. claiming it happened on General Hospital years before that. Okay. I, I, I don't know that. I, I have she, zero reference to know I, that. I, but, yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know that either. <laughs> but my wife, I think, did watch that show pretty religiously. So um, I'm going to trust she was right on it. But she said it was years beforehand. And uh, it was bipolar that character was dealing with as opposed to uh, Tony's was more depression he was dealing yeah. with. 
Yeah. So yeah, I, that like I said, I can't. I, someone else could confirm. I tried googling it. There was a few references to it, so mm-hmm. I don't think it's totally wrong. But but that was just something that my wife pulled up. Yeah. Um, she said the show wasn't based on it, but it, but the mental illness was was done years before, is what she said with that other character. Right. All right. Okay. Um, I don't think it was Luke and Laura though. So, she's, uh, <laughs> but all right. All right. And then this all right. Next so one- Jay, da- Jay Davis is apparently uh, the encyclopedia of all things mob related. So he said Buscemi did some of the directing. He did. That's correct. Yes. Buscemi and he said did. Vin- Vincent uh, Gigante was the bathrobe guy. Okay, that name does sound familiar. I'm going to trust Jay. He knows this stuff. Yeah. He knows this stuff. Okay, good job, Jay. So he was trying to pretend that he was nuts to get off from, you know, whatever legal uh, troubles he was in. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So back to Gandolfini. They said that Gandolfini would insert a small stone into his shoe to anger him. All right. Basically, I guess the pain would anger him and it made him pay the role of Tony Soprano more authentically. He would stay awake all night for some of the breakfast scenes to also achieve that tired look. I could see that. I could see it. Yeah, I could see it. He because he, you know, his anger scenes were I mean, they would they were, you know. I get, you know, they were inspired. They were were tired for sure. And then I, I could see him like coming down for breakfast at the, you know, in the morning, like at, at, at 11.30 in the morning, waking right. up and <laughs> coming in with that. So um, I think I remember this fifth one. Um, to settle salary disputes after season four, Gandolfini gave each main cast member $33,000.33 out of his own pocket. Okay. I think I heard that one, too. Yeah. I mean, All that's, right. that's a, I think, a pretty typical thing for series when they start to become popular and you know, then the, the crew starts having someone renegotiate, even though they have a contract to cash in on kind of what they're a part of. So I could see how that would happen. Yeah. And, and I've heard a lot of interviews. Like I, I watched some of those Talking Sopranos interviews, which were good, whatever you thought about the Talking Sopranos show. But I thought the right. interviews were, and I could tell that some guys like maybe weren't as close to Gandolfini, but there was an incredible respect for him, yeah. um, whether they were close to him or not. Um, and I. I, I may have heard of one character who didn't like him, but that's about it. Um, mm. I don't, I don't want to, I don't even remember who the character is. I'll be honest with you, but, but yeah, it, it's, you know, I guess when you give like money out of your pocket, people are going to appreciate that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This one, uh, four members of Northern Jersey's only real life mob family, the day Cabal Santes was secretly taped in 1999 by federal investigators talking about their similarity to the fictional the Mayo Soprano <laughs> crime family on the tape. One mobster asked the other, is this supposed to be us? And the capital <laughs> buddy replies, you are in there. They mentioned you in there by name. They, they mentioned your name in there. I'm trying to remember where that is now. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's very interesting. I thought that was interesting. You know, and again, kind of growing up in some of the Italian neighborhoods, I could tell you some of the stuff on that show. A lot of people didn't like it. Is what right. I just said. There was a, it was, I think, in years gone by, a lot of that's healed, but it was it was controversial. I could tell you, members of our families, my wife's and I, we both have Italians. Some of them didn't like this show. So, mm-hmm. okay. so yeah. Yep. Um, and then this next one, when asked if there would be a movie based on the series, James Gandolfini joked, joke, jokingly replied that it would only happen when David Chase goes broke. Nearly 14 years after the end of the series, David Chase produces the prequel, Many Saints in Newark. <laughs> So I guess he needed money. Right. <laughs> is what the, maybe that's a 
what you'll say. This one was really interesting, and I went back and watched a few episodes to see this. Series creator David Chase had one rule for the scenes in Dr. Melfi's office. No camera movements. Yes. You think about that. Watch yeah. that. The camera is stationary and, that, and on all the scenes. They zoom in, right. but that's about it. I mean, they don't they don't call. Uh, you can watch that. You'll see they don't do that. I haven't been able to yeah. find one at least that does that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this one surprised me. There was rarely improvisation improvisation on the set. The scripts followed verbatim and any possible change was discussed with David Chase first. I could see the latter part of that, but um, it seemed, I always thought maybe they improvised a lot on that show, so I was a little surprised yeah. I guess with that yeah. one. Um, and the last one for today. Lorraine Bracco was originally asked to play the role of Carmela Soprano, but she felt that the part was too similar to her character in Goodfellas, so they decided to create the role of Dr. Melpy, which would be more challenging. I, I, I see think that. I remember hearing that. Yeah, I think she said that on to Talking Sopranos as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I can see the similarity of the characters. Um, so I, I could definitely see that. Um, I, I actually always, I think I said it, I always felt they left me wanting more with those Dr. Melpy scenes. Right. I mean, they never really integrated the character in, but I, I could see that as well. Um, but I think Edie Falco, they, they picked the better pick. I think in the end, Edie Falco was, was amazing on that show. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Those are some, some little known facts or maybe known facts on the Sopranos today. Nice. All right. So let's do one more segment and then Jay Davis is going to get mad at us. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so let's go just before that, let me mention, um, a few of our sponsors here. Um, JC Newman Cigar Company. Founded in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman, J.C. Newman Cigar Company is the oldest family-owned premium cigar maker in America. For four generations and 126 years, J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 111-year-old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District in Tampa, Florida. At this factory known as El Rahol, J.C. Newman rolls premium cigars by hand and hand-operated antique cigar machines. The J.C. Newman Pensive Factory is the second largest in Nicaragua, and it's where Brickhouse, Peladomar, El Baton, Quorum, and Yagua cigars are hand-rolled. J.C. Newman's Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond cigars are handmade by Tabaco A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With its longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, the Newmans founded the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic with education, healthcare, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcnewman.com to learn more. And by Casa Cueva Cigars. The Cuevas family has five generations in experience in cigar making. For many years, they have manufactured cigars for many industry leaders out of the Las Lavas factory in the Dominican Republic. Now, the Cuevas family has brought their very own brand to market with Casa Cuevas cigars. Try the Casa Cuevas Connecticut, Casa Cuevas Habano, the Casa Cuevas Maduro, La Manderia, and the Patrimonial line, as well as the Cuevas Reserva line. If they don't carry it, be sure to ask your local retailer for Casa Cuevas cigars, Casa Cuevas cigars from our Casa to yours. And by Aventura Cigars, Aventura the Explorer is the first creation by Marcel Noble and Henderson Ventura. Immediately after lighting up the Explorer, the Mexican rapper will delight the aficionado with its dark chocolate flavor. After a while in pleasure, the Dominican filler will flatter the aficionado's palate with wonderful spicy and leathery aromas and unite it with the wooden sweetness from Ecuador. Try Aventura the Explorer and explore the wonderful experience. And finally, we're going to get into our industry deliberation segment sponsored by Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. Uh, there is no deliberation when it comes to Dumbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This has included seven 
consecutive top three appearances on the consensus, including consensus number one cigar of the year in 2020 with the Mikarita Tricky Traca. Visit DTC Cigars to find a purveyor that carries the brand of Dunbar and Tobacco and Trust. And we put a wrap on the consensus Monday night, but I just had to oh. update the ad. <laughs> and uh, we called it. <laughs> well, we called it. I didn't know if it was going to be in the top three. I'll just say that. But, but yeah, we yeah. have put a bow on. We have put a bow on on year lists for the for a long time for the rest of the year. So we're going to get mm-hmm. into some good stuff now tonight. Uh, by the way, that was a fun show the other night. Uh, if you guys didn't catch it, uh, definitely catch that show on developing palettes. Um, yep. Very enjoyable. Good job you did, Aaron, too, moving Thanks. that show through. Uh, we could have went probably eight hours on that show. Easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, really good job, good topics. So um, you can go catch that as well. Because folks were asking me, you going to talk about the consensus. I said, I think we'll talk about the developing palettes. Yep. Um, and I think we beat it to death. I don't think we need to do another show on it. In my, all right. of us, so. so we're moving on. Um, and tonight's topic is everyone's favorite, the PCA. Um, so I, I, Aaron, you kind of told me this story. I think you and Jay kind of, got me onto it at the same time i'll say this this story is actually next to espinoza's knuckle sandwich it's been the number one red news story of 2022 right so it's getting a lot of it got a lot of traffic people were interested in it. and it was the pca's i don't want to say it was a press statement a press release but it was more of a statement they released on what they what what is being called responsible marketing right. um and i um I thought, it, like I said, I was, I was even surprised that it got as much traffic as it did on Coop. I, w- I was really surprised on it. I don't know if a lot of people covered it either, um, but it, like I said, the, the traffic was certainly there. And in particular, and I want to get because we've talked about this topic a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a specific call out to cigars that use characters, foods, and candies that could be associated with children's interests. So let's kind of start it off. Aaron, um, I'll, I'll just kind of kick this one off. I give PCA credit that they issued the statement. And I think it was long overdue for someone to issue a statement from a trade organization on this. And I, I give them credit on that. I don't know what I your agree. initial thoughts I, I would agree with that as well. I, I would agree on that as well. So um, it was, but, you know, it was interesting. I had one problem with it. Okay. And the problem is, I don't think it's like, I think there was, it was kind of implied a bit that it was a rare instance. And right. I'm going to tell you, it's, it's not the case, in, in my opinion. This has been, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a second, it, it is an ongoing problem that we've seen. And I'm not going to blame Pravada for all of it because we've seen it from so many other people. We've seen it even from some big companies that we'll talk about. Yeah. So I don't think that that was it. But I thought... I thought that was the only part I thought that wasn't strong enough with that statement. Um, and that's the part Jay may get mad at me on. But I, I still thought it was good they put the statement out. And I think they, they deserve credit for putting that statement out and, and getting that, that out there. Right. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Do you think they was it too was it could have gone a little further with that? Um, it could. But I think in that in, in, a, in just an email kind of reminder to people, I think that's. Yeah. Uh, it was a good enough uh, rendition. Um, it can be something that's shared, you know, more with PCA members and talked about, you know, a fair amount more there. Um, but you, here's where you got to remember the organization's uh, role is there to, um, you know, reflect the retailers 
mm-hmm. uh, not the manufacturers. Right. Um, so, you know, it's just guidance from your customers to say, you know, the FDA or whoever is going to complain about it is going to see it in my store if I'm carrying it. Um, and I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the, probably the first line of, you know, something happening here. So I can see why they would have a problem with it and why they would share their, their thoughts on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I definitely agree a hundred percent on that. And, and I want to read like one statement here, um, that I thought was really important and we could talk about it a little more. It says, uh, marketing that uses, that makes use of characters, foods, or candy, associated with children's interests are never appropriate, even when they're targeted towards an adult audience. And I thought that was the key word that they did a good job with. Yep. Um, because here's the thing we'll get into, because since this was released, there were, there were three releases that came out, like that were announced that were food related. And I, I don't think you can start to say, I don't think you could start messing with, well, it's really like, is Sunday Grave, you know, Sunday Gravy is still a food release. I get it's probably not marketed for the 14-year-old. Yeah. But, but the point is, I think if you draw a gray line, it's going to make this more complicated. So I like the fact that they said, look, even if this is targeted at, a, at an audience uh, that's adult, you know, it's not, you know, you got to watch this out is what, what it's saying here. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and there's some really good content in there because I hear this is the argument I get, like, from people. Well, we're, we we only can sell cigars to 21 year olds or, or 21 or over, right? But, you know, in, in reality, all it takes is one of these congressmen, right, to get mm-hmm. hold of like uh, the melted vanilla ice cream cigar, right? Yeah. Um, and, and it's sold online. It's sold at some retailers. But you know what? You know, they don't know. They don't know what checks or balances are in place. So it kind of forces the industry to now go in this like defense mode and start explaining this out. Where I just like I said, I think if they if, if cigar companies just avoid this, there's so many other areas they can go creative with. Why do they need to touch it that way? I just I don't get it. Yeah, I would agree with that. You also brought another point up. Do you feel that this was directed at manufacturers and or retailers? Because I had a definite audience. I thought this I thought this was direct, <clears throat> I didn't think it was directed right. at retailers. I, I'm not gonna I, I don't know in regards to that. Um, but I'll just kind of get on my soapbox here for a second and say yeah. um, the industry is needs to place itself. Yep. Um, you don't like the PC doesn't need to be the bad guys here. Um, other manufacturers should lean on other manufacturers. Uh, retailers should lean on manufacturers. Retailers should le- lean on other retailers when they feel that there's something that's not, not good for the industry. Yeah. Um, I think, um, you know, we got a lot of feedback when we did the show with Brian from uh, Pravada. Right. Um, and my response to that is, um, you know, we're asking questions. You don't like maybe what he's saying on the show. Um, some of your fellow manufacturers are working with him and in, in doing these projects. They, I, ha- they ha- I have to assume they know what the branding is going to be like at some point. Right. Um, they can take care of it on their own if they want to. But, you know, there's some big manufacturers that do this as well as some small brands that do this. Um so, you know, the guys that have a problem with it have to say something to the guys that are doing it uh, and the guys that are doing it have to understand, you know, have to come to an understanding if they feel that it's actually legit, um, that they need to maybe change it. Um, 
So, but this is where we're at as a society, not just even in the cigar industry and in any, in life in general, like there's things that people do that probably aren't the best things. Are they against the law? Maybe not, but maybe they're not the right thing to do. So, um, it's just going to be that, you know, what happens is things slide and, uh, when they slide and it don't get put back in a check, they keep sliding and they keep sliding and then they get out of control and you can never go back. And you have to either assume that's the norm until somebody steps in and says, Nope, can't do it no more. And you're busted. Uh, and then it's done. So, I mean, perfect example is, you know, when the FDA was coming down with, uh, you know, substantial equivalency and all this other stuff and all these brands took it seriously. And like, I need to get all these brands out ahead of time. I need to get all my paperwork in line, all these things. It was serious at that point, right? The industry was scared. Yep. Now the FDA's kind of like put things on the back burner. People are coming out with new brands, all this right. stuff, just because there's no attention there. But once they snap back and say, all right, we're, our focus is back. Uh, you know, all this stuff, they're going to get back in line. So, uh, if the industry just takes care of it on their own, they should do it that way. So yeah, yep, I I agreed, and I have a few other points to come out of that. Um, so the first thing is like, look, we got raked over the coals by several manufacturers following the Brian interview, right? Mm-hmm. We, we did. We got blasted, okay. Um, and and here's what I say: these manufacturers are producing cigars at the same factories that are producing cigars for Pravada. Right. Yeah. So why is that? If why is it what? So we, we were questioning why did we put Brian on? Right. Well, why are you doing? You're doing business with these factories, right? You're you're enabling it a lot more than we enabled anything, right? Right. And, and certainly Brian deserved to have his voice heard on on the show. Um, and I'll stand by that, you know. But we got we got we got like creamed over that stuff. Right? <laughs> right. Um. That that's one thing, right? Um. The only thing I could say is that I think the retailers need to take note of that. Um, that I think this message needs to be delivered. It sounds like from reading this, um, there's going to be some, they're going to be like PCA is going to be, it's not just they issued the memo. Uh, it sounds like that they are going to be uh, having ongoing conversations with people. And I'm, and I'm assuming that will be in the retail community. And, um, they're going to be soliciting a lot of feedback over this over the next few months. And maybe at the PCA trade show, there's a, a, another statement made based on this, but, you know, a lot of retailers are putting this stuff on the shelves and selling it, um, is right. what I'll just say. Um, and again, I just like, I think the retailers need to kind of look at this a lot closer. The third thing I'll say is, I mean, again, I, I get this excuse like, and I'm not trying to pick on people. We just want to have fun, right? Yeah. And, and my answer to them back is, well, go look at Drew Estate. They have fun and, and they're not doing this type of stuff. Right. They're, doing, they're coming up with creative stuff. So, I don't think you, yeah, I think you just, you're, you're walking a line to kind of create a disruption mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just decide. I mean, if you feel that this is good, then, you know, that's, that's your choice. Uh, I don't right. think it is a good choice. Um, it's nothing against the cigars, it's nothing against the companies, but, um, like I said, we saw uh, a wonton soup container. We saw, um, Sunday gravy. And then we, yeah. I saw melted ice cream. All right, here's all right, so here's where I'm gonna go with you, Aaron. You know, we do a lot of over-unders, right? Yeah. So I'm keep you know, I'm keeping a list of this stuff, right? From since yep. the statement was made. I'm gonna put a number out there. You give me the over-under of this number. All right. I'm, I'm gonna put the number there'll be 50 of these releases in 2022. 50. 50. Well, I mean, 
I think Scar Federation will take care of that all on its own. Uh, so I'll take the over. Yeah, that's what my <laughs> point. I mean, <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, and I'm kind of curious to see where it all lands at the end of the year. I want to kind of see, because I don't, this is the one that I could, we get this stuff every week coming across on us, right? Most mm-hmm. of the stuff we don't even cover, right? It's, it's, I get it's small releases and stuff, but um, I'm not drawing a line here is what I'm saying. Um, you know, if uh, that, that's kind of where I'm going. I think the number, I'm curious where the number will, will lie. I'm not drawing a gray line either. So if, if your cigar has a, uh, you know, um, Coco Vaughn, which is not something that appears to uh, right. um, kids, I'm, put, I'm counting it as a food release, right? Uh, and I'm just going to kind of see where that lies at the end of the year um, on that. Because I'm, I'm kind of, I want to I actually track it because I want to see maybe, and then maybe looking at the data, is it mostly one or two online retailers that are the problem? Not, you know, yeah. online brands, I should say, that are the problem. So I'm curious to see where that lines. But I agree. I think it's going to be easily 50. I think we can hit um, before the I mean, you pointed out a couple of others already um, as well so to yeah. add to the list. So that I'm going from February 1st on. But still, sure. Uh, if they you know, if they hit the market, you know, we're going to put it on there. So um, I think it will be interesting on that, you know. Yep. So um, but, I, you know, again, it, it sounds like I'm, maybe we're beating. I don't want to be PC. I think they took, I, I was really pleased to see them take that stand there. Um, and I, like I said, I think the, the dialogue needs to go on throughout the year here. Um, yeah. I don't think, I mean, I don't think the email was bad at all. So no, uh, I don't think know, it was we, bad. I guess I, I, I can Monday morning all, quarter. But, yeah, yeah. I can Monday morning quarterback it a couple of things, but that's because I care about this too. Um, not because I'm trying to stifle creativity or not have fun. Uh, we just talked about a brand with birds. I thought that was pretty cool. Right. So, yep. You know, we're not trying to stifle creativity here. And uh, um, but yeah, a couple of things I would just kind of like I, I really kind of hope that this is something that gets a lot of attention this year, um, because I think the and I've said this, I said this to Brian and other people, um, you know, it's um, I think you guys are creative enough to come up with stuff that doesn't go down these lines. That's what, absolutely that's what, that's what my point is. You guys have the creativity to do it. Yep. Oh, there was a fourth point I wanted to make on that whole thing. Pete Johnson, it was, remember what Pete said about his whole, uh, he had that one series, the, the meats, it was, it was yeah. and he, he said, he kind of admitted that was a mistake to go down that route, is he right. kind of admitted that, um, Monsters, I understand that's, you know, that's, I think Monster, unfortunately, kind of does fall on that gray line, is what I'm going to say, so, I mean, if I'm doing the list, and, and, you know, there's another Monster that comes out, it's going to be on the list, is what I'm saying, right. Because I'm, yeah. I'm not draw, I'm not drawing a I understand things are more adult than others, but I'm just I don't want to draw a gray line here because if you draw the gray line, it's just gonna be confusing. Right. Yep. All right. All right. It, it seems like it's early, but we're done, I think, for today. Yeah. Um, so a couple of programming notes. Um, next week we're doing two shows related to the big game. Um which we have to say big game, but, yeah. but it's the Super Bowl, but <laughs> but we're not going to promote it. So the first one's going to be on Primetime Jukebox episode 64. We're going to be looking at uh, halftime shows of the Super Bowl slash big game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Fred Rui is going to join us for that show. Nice. So uh, that will be more music talk, uh, but I'm sure he will beat me up on Green Bay Packers and Giants stuff. So I'm sure. Yeah. And then on Tuesday, we do the show with John Carney. where We're actually going to break down the game. 
Uh, if folks have seen that show, John's usually ahead of the curve on everyone with his with his predictions. Um, you know, again, he uh, the most famous one is he predicted Cam Newton would go to the uh, Patriots two years ago when yeah. no one else said that. So so that will be fun. <laughs> we'll catch up on LFD. And then next Thursday, um, 219 uh guest returns but i think he's got a lot going on since we've talked to him and he, he definitely had to gotten a boost uh ian reith of dapper cigar is going to be our guest that's right so uh and aaron i know you were very high you guys were high on that la madrina shade so yeah i have it i haven't smoked it yet so um looking forward to that as well he's uh definitely i think in the last year he's definitely taken a boost up for sure oh yeah for sure uh, people are really paying attention to him now so uh yep so, so stay tuned. Did you get to see Ian at that PCA and the TPE? Yeah, I did see Ian. Yeah, good. he was doing well as well. Again, had, had, a, had a new cigar out and all that stuff as well. We went to Ian's booth at PCA. It was the second booth we went to. But we, we got to him on that uh, meet when the media actually got in early. Right. And I'm so glad we did because I don't think we would have gotten to him after that. Uh, yeah. He was that busy. So um yeah so i'm pretty excited about that i have a bunch i just got a bunch of his cigars i ordered too so yeah. i'm excited about that um and that's it I, we're gonna be we're done early tonight because we started yeah. early perfect so, yeah so uh again thanks to jonas santana thanks to you aaron and of course mm -hmm. thanks to our audience and this wraps up prime time episode 218 into the annals of history for thursday february 3rd 2022. We'll see everybody next week. Take care, everybody. See you guys.